Welcome to the Modern Jewelry Podcast. This is Troy. Uh, today, my special guest is Lex Atencio. Lex, welcome. Thank you, Troy. Nice to be here again. Lex, we are talking about how to do a surprise proposal. But before we get started, I just think we should address, you know, <laughs> let's do a legal disclaimer <laughs> that we do not recommend or encourage you to do a surprise proposal. We're simply providing some ideas, some other examples of what people have done and kind of talking through ways to do a surprise proposal. We're in no way encouraging you that that's what you should do. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, I would add that a proposal is very much like the engagement ring itself, where it's unique to everybody. Everyone has their own styles, preferences, tastes, what they do and don't like. And the proposal is no different. It should be something that's special to you and unique to you and something that speaks to you and your relationship, much like the ring. So yeah, I would agree with what you said. Great. So let's start off. Let's just define what do we mean by surprise proposal? And Lex, you've obviously dealt with a lot more people and have a lot of friends who've done this. What would you define as a surprise proposal? Well, surprise proposal to me is a proposal that you know, you get that photo opportunity, quote unquote, where you're down on one knee and she's got her hands over her mouth, a gasp that you are doing this because she was so taken off guard. And obviously, I think that you can still have a surprise proposal, even if you have shopped for rings together. You know, we have many, many young couples will come together to kind of figure out what she likes or they like in a ring. And that doesn't mean that the proposal is not going to be a surprise. You can still find a way to make it off guard. I love how you described that just a surprise in that even though he or she may know of the intention, they're surprised at that moment. And obviously, I think we should start by talking about the ring itself, because there's so many logistical, in my mind, so many logistical complications and things you need to consider because the last thing you want to do is get down on your knee, show them this beautiful ring, and then it doesn't fit or you know it's not what they were expecting or something like that. So let's start with what are safe ways to determine ring size? So it is definitely tricky. And I would encourage people to, when we're getting an engagement ring and kind of aiming for the size and she doesn't know it's coming at all, we want a general closeness. Don't stress about getting it exactly right. It's totally normal and honestly expected for her to come in after the fact and get it properly sized. So we want to get it pretty close. And I would err on the side of a little too big than a little too small. You know, you want to be able to slip it over her finger. You don't want to present it to her and she can't even wear the thing to, to show off to people or not even be able to give it on her hand, you know, when you're on that knee. And so I would get a little bit bigger. You obviously don't want it so big that it's at risk of getting lost. You don't want your partner to fling it off in an excitement and it goes off the side of a cliff. And so there are some tools at our disposal that we can use to tighten a ring without sizing it as a very temporary solution that you can utilize to make it a little bit tighter if it needs to be. And so again, I, I think it's good to be slightly big. The ways that you can try to get a good guesstimation of your partner's finger size is a lot of people will take a ring of theirs that they already wear, whether they're at home or on a trip or what have you, they'll sneak it out of the house, they'll come to us, they'll get it sized. The issue with that is that it really depends on what specific finger they wear it on that particular ring because the right hand and the left hand are two different sizes, even finger to finger. So 
your dominant hand is generally about a half size bigger on each finger because it's your more muscular hand. You've grown more muscle on your dominant hand. So whether that's left or right. So if someone is left-handed and you're sizing a ring that they wear on their right hand, then that size is going to be a little small compared to their left hand and vice versa, obviously. And additionally, their fingers are much different sizes. My index fingers are a lot bigger than any of my other fingers on both hands. And so you can't necessarily say, well, she wears this or, or they wear this on their index finger of their right hand. And so it'll be similar to that as the ring finger on their left hand. That's a tough one. So the closer you can get to that exact finger or that a ring that they wear on their ring finger of either hand, the better. But the other way is to, if they happen to wear a ring on their ring finger, you can take that ring and put it on your finger, pick a finger that you wear it on and notate on yourself where it stops. If it's, you know, in between this knuckle and that knuckle, or if it stops, you know, a fingernail width from here, whatever it may be so that you can come in, you can try on ring sizing rings. You know, we have a spool of rings to check each size and we can figure out which ring stops at that same point. That's a pretty good guesstimation as well. And finally, you can work with their two B's friends. And so if their friend has a ring, they get to try it on and say, oh, I just got my ring and oh, can I try yours on? That's pretty common. And they can notate, okay, so my ring got to there on her. And so that friend can then help you say, you know, we need to be here. So there's some little tricks that we can do. A couple of people have taken pictures of their spouse's hand and I can do a decent job of kind of eyeballing it a bit. I've been in the industry though for 12 years and I wouldn't say that every salesperson has that capability to look at a picture and go, ah, I think that's a seven. But you know, there, there are ways to kind of try to get close. But again, if you were just to come in and say, yeah, she's five, six, she weighs 120 pounds and you know, she's very active, then we can go, okay, you know what? For someone of that size, I could say that a five and a half or a six is going to be probably something that could go on and be fine. And so it doesn't have to be perfect. Again, err on the side of being a little too big. Our stock ring size in our bridal is a six and a half. We do that because most women are between a four and a half and an eight and a half and six and a half being right in the middle. You can size up or down generally about a size and a half before the ring needs to potentially be remade. And so six and a half is a good average size. If you feel like your spouse is a really small, dainty person, then maybe we start with a five. Or if you feel like you know they are a power lifter and they've got big hands, then we can start a little bit bigger. But that's a good rule of thumb to be right in the middle at six and a half. So if you're looking for just average, I think you're safe there. Great. Yeah, that was a lot of good information. And while you were talking, I was looking at my own hands, just being like, oh, you're right. I think my right hand, I'm right-handed. So my right hand is bigger. And sure enough, I moved my wedding band over and I couldn't fit it yep. on their hands. So yep, good to know. Cool. you learn something new every time you talk to Lex, for sure. <laughs> All right. So we've covered the sizing and approaches for getting the right size. Now let's talk about probably the most important aspect of the ring, how do you find out what style of ring and diamond they like? I would always start off with Pinterest. For a lot of guys out there, Pinterest may be a social media website that you probably haven't thought of very much in the last four or five years. But almost without fail, your 
soon to be fiance probably has a Pinterest board of a bunch of rings that she's saved that she likes. So if you can get access to that Pinterest board, that would be my step one. Beyond that, I would say if you're really going for full on surprise here, she has no idea that you're even looking for a ring. Again, outside of Pinterest, I think talk to her friends. They probably have some feeling or have gotten some feedback from her on what she may like or not like. And if you're open to it, you can enlist a friend of theirs to go shopping, not for herself per se, but you can have them say, Hey, I, you know, go looking for a ring for yourself or for your sister or whatever it is and write down her feedback to seeing those rings. And so I, I think friends would be a good bet. You know, we talked earlier, you still want to surprise them, but you're open to shopping together, then I think that's probably your best bet in terms of finding something that they obviously already like and love and would love to see on their hand. And so that's certainly an option as well. And you can still have that surprise. And if you don't want to go any of those routes, one thing that we provide is if you just want to pick the stone, you know, you feel confident that they like a specific shape or a size or or not, you just want to wing it. We will get in a very, very basic mounting for you to set that stone. And like I said, this is very basic. It'd probably be 10 karat gold or 14 karat gold. There wouldn't be any side diamonds, just a really simple setting. And you can buy that ring. We'll set the stone and then we'll take back that ring at 100% of what you paid for it towards the final ring that you guys can come in together after you've proposed and pick up together. So it's a, it's a fairly risk-free way to say, Hey, I don't know exactly what she wants. I know that I want to propose. I know that I want to use a diamond or some other similar stone, whatever you like, and we'll mount it and you can propose with that. Basically, what's just a temp ring. So that's also a good option that we've offered and has a lot of good feedback. You know, it really alleviates the stress. So many guys are stressed about getting the right ring and this really negates that so that you can, you can really enjoy it together to come in and, and build the ring, the two of you and, and find something that she wants exactly. And so you can still propose without knowing exactly what to get. Yeah, that's really great. And I think we might have talked about that. I would definitely encourage our listeners to check out our podcast episode on engagement rings. I think it was episode two of this first season. So. Lots of good info there as well. So great. That's a great approach just to make sure you get it right. And also, I think it provides that added experience of being able to go together and, you know, find the ring that goes with the diamond. So I think we've kind of addressed everything related to the ring and making sure you get the right size and style. So let's talk about, you know, the the place and the method and the approach to popping the question. Do you give advice to customers? Do you have customers ask you questions about that? Or what would you typically recommend for somebody? Usually the opposite. Usually I will ask them, what's the plan? How are you going to do it? You know, I like to hear the story and everyone's got their own ideas. And certainly some guys have already thought that out and planned it. And sometimes they just go, I don't have any idea. And I haven't even gotten that far. That's that's a common one that I hear too. They're they're really focused on getting the ring. And I was in the exact same boat when I proposed. I proposed in May of last year. And I didn't know really until I got the ring what I was going to do. So again, no pressure to have figured that out for anybody. There's enough pressure on getting the right ring up front than already knowing a game plan for how you're going to propose. But I will say that, you know, we're talking about surprise proposals here and you want something that is 
special to you. And again, that's going to be different for everybody. So I did just have a customer that proposed while scuba diving. They're, they're both avid scuba divers. And he found a way to bring the ring down, which I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this. It sounds like a great way to lose the ring. But they went scuba diving. He brought the ring down and proposed to her with a little... You can write on a little tablet, plastic tablet when you're scuba diving that said, will you marry me? And sure enough, she's right there. I don't think he could hear her say yes through her mask, but you know, definitely don't want her to choke on her water trying to scream under there with excitement. But you know, finding ways that are things that you two enjoy together. So whether that be traveling, food, restaurants, sporting events, you know, whatever it is, I think there's a lot of really fun and, and creative ways that so many people have thought, this is going to make that moment more special. Now, on that note, I would say that you know them better than we do, obviously, and, and you don't want to put them in a position where they feel ultra pressured or too many eyeballs. And, you know, you do hear some stories of people saying, you know, I panicked. I wasn't ready for it. And there were so many people there that I didn't know how to say no or, or put it on pause. And so, you know, there's certainly nothing wrong with doing something ultra, ultra intimate and giving your partner that space to really take in the moment for themselves and give you hopefully a yes. Yeah, great. So I think like you mentioned, you know, there is a risk of telling other people or talking to friends or, you know, making it a big production. I think we've all seen, you know, maybe online the videos of the big production questions. I remember one that was like, that went on for quite a few minutes with many, many people involved. And it was amazing. But at the same time, you know, that risk of telling so many people that somebody's going to let it slip or, you know, maybe let the cat out of the bag a little bit early. But do you have any stories? I, I know you've had friends who proposed and you probably talked with a lot of customers. Is there any of those success stories or <laughs> maybe even the horror stories you could share? Luckily, I've been spared any major horror stories or no's. Our customers, like I said, I, I've gotten lucky where, where everyone's very, very happy and we get huge yeses and customers love to come back and tell us the story of how they did it. You know, I, I think you know, your mileage may vary on people keeping the secret. I would certainly agree that the fewer people you can tell, the better. But if you need coordination or help from friends, I think that's, that's obviously an option that a lot of people utilize. When I proposed last year, I think basically our entire friend group knew, but we'd also been together six years and she was not alone in wondering when I was going to pop the question. So when I did finally do it, it was very intimate when I actually proposed. I had a friend that was photographing us from inside of a stairwell. But after I proposed, all of our friends were there at that same location to basically throw a surprise engagement party for her. It felt like a birthday party. She walked in the room and everyone yelled surprise. So everyone knew that that was coming. Nobody was under any false pretense that they were showing up for her birthday or some other event. And oh my gosh, Lex actually proposed? I didn't know. So everyone knew about it in that regard. But I really had the full backing of everyone long before that. So I wasn't worried that anyone was going to spill the beans. I was confident in my friends. But I, I did tell them very close to... It, it was very spur of the moment trying to organize everyone to come. I, I think it was about five days or a week. So there wasn't a ton of time where people could get overly excited and accidentally say something or everyone's out for drinks and somebody drinks too much and slips it in. But I did it with a lot of people present. And obviously, a lot of people, you know, we're here in Colorado, a lot of people will do a hike. And some people will have a photographer hiding or some people will enlist 
the help of a friend to photograph the moment, whether right up close or from afar. And so there's, if you do want to have a picture taken, obviously someone's going to know about it, whether that's a photographer or somebody else. So again, there's nothing wrong with it just being the two of you either. I think that what you're talking about were that these big productions, for better or for worse, I think that's a social media, you know, there's big productions now for gender reveals and big productions for weddings and big productions for birthdays and big productions for proposals where people want to have something that they can show off on social media. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, you know, a lot of young people have, they're very involved with their own social media accounts and they want something that's a, that's a huge life moment, whether it's any of those things. So I do think that people are doing a bigger production than they probably did before. I, I was talking with a coworker who had a baby seven or eight years ago and gender reveal parties were not nearly as prevalent as they are now. And they, you know, they just found out together. And I have two friends right now that just found out that they're expecting a boy and, and they didn't do any sort of large video or, or big production. It was just the two of them and one person that filmed them finding out what it was going to be. So back to what's important or what's unique to each individual. If it's something that you want to showcase on social media and, and, and make a big deal out of it, then again, I think you'll need to enlist some help so that you have a videographer or a photographer. And if it's not, then that's okay too. There's, there's no right or wrong answer in that regard. So yeah, I've heard so many stories, you know, and I'm sure everyone has seen or heard of a jumbotron where they do it at a sporting event or they do it. I've seen someone get like the really long tail on an airplane and then they get the person to look up and it says, will you marry me on the plane flying overhead? And some of those, yeah, there are lots of other people involved like at a sporting event, but you may not know them. And so that might feel to some people less pressury than having a ton of people that they know around them, or it might feel more pressury that they've got these strangers watching. So again, it's so unique and so personal to everybody. I will say for mine, in terms of making it a surprise, my now fiance and I, we like to travel quite a bit. And every time it felt like we stepped on a plane, someone in her circle of friends or coworkers was saying, oh, this is going to be the trip. He's going to propose on this trip. And she'd go, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I don't know. And every trip, she would get so excited and so nervous. And so she actually, we got engaged in May of last year. And in March, we were going to Mexico. And she totally thought that it was going to be that trip in Mexico. And so to make it a surprise, I opted to just get engaged here in Denver. And she didn't see it coming. I used a friend's birthday as a false flag and, and said, we're going to her friend or our friend's birthday party. And that was a good excuse. And because she kind of anticipated something, she didn't anticipate me doing it here. She was convinced it would be on a trip. So that was a good way for me to surprise her without, you know, going with a, a huge production or, you know, really finding a way that was going to take her off guard. Yeah, that's great. And maybe we'll include some of the pictures. You can definitely tell she's surprised and very happy. So congrats again. So that, that's great. Well, hopefully it didn't ruin any of the vacations. Uh, if she was anticipating um, it happening. A little bit, actually. So we, we did go to Mexico just prior to, to getting engaged. And she point blank asked me, we went with some friends. And she said, just tell me right now if you're not going to propose in Mexico. Because if you are thinking of it, then I'd like to bring a change of clothes. Like I, I want to look really cute if there's pictures. And I said, well, first of all, I'm not going to tell you if I'm going to do it, but I'll give you that. I'm not doing it in Mexico. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to do it. She said, okay, thank you. Thank you. I can relax. I said, great. 
So we go to Mexico. We had a great trip. We're landing back in Denver. And she was like, I'm a little upset. I go, why? She goes, I really thought you were going to do it in Mexico. You said, you, you wanted me to tell you if I was not going to. And I told you I was not going to. And she said, yeah, I thought you were lying and you were going to do it. And now I'm, I can't believe you didn't do it in Mexico. Like, when are you going to do it? We have no other trips planned. When are you going to do it? You know, she, we've been wait, she was waiting six years and she didn't take my honest no, I'm not going to do it at face value. And so, but it was fine. <laughs> That's great. Well, I guess that brings up a good question. When should you postpone? Like, are there any indications of, hey, maybe I should wait for things to be a little, a little bit better or right? Or any advice on that when, when you should postpone the question? Well, let me phrase that differently. I don't know if I can speak to times when you should postpone for some of the reasons you mentioned, but I will say you're going to feel a lot better and you're going to make your jeweler feel a lot better if you wait until you have the ring to propose or to plan your proposal. So many people will go all of a sudden, oh, you know what? In three weeks, it's this event or this anniversary or this date that's meaningful. Now I want to propose on that date and I've got three weeks. And that is likely not enough time to get your ring made if need be or sized even. And so I would say delay it only if you have to, but maybe don't even think about it until you have the ring in hand. And for my particular ring, and I've said this to customers as they've been shopping, the whole scenario and thought process of proposing didn't even become real until I had my ring in hand. My ring took an abnormally long time because I was ultra picky and I kept making changes. And that's very common as well. You know, guys will start this process and then realize early on or halfway through, uh, you know what, I maybe, you know, want to change this, or maybe that's not right. Or I get some extra feedback from her or one of her friends that all of a sudden I've got to get it in yellow gold instead of white gold, or I've got to change this because she really didn't want that. And so once it's in hand and it's done, you've got full control to figure out the time, figure out how you want to do this. Until that point, I think I think it's a little premature to start planning things. So you you just never know what's going to come up before you even have a ring available to do it. So that's my only timing and and sort of variable there. No, that's really great to know that that's going to be something to consider. You don't want to be rushed, you know, into it or be waiting for the ring to arrive if you've already got it scheduled or something. So that's really good to know. And anything else, I'm just thinking of all the other factors that might go into a surprise proposal, especially if you're like me, you're, you're a little old fashioned and you want to reach out to your future father-in-law and get permission as well. So there's always the logistics of that if you're, again, old fashioned like me. Any, any other advice? Well, I will say, and I'll get back to that question. There, there's a couple of sort of traditional societal things that we do regarding an engagement. One of them off the top of my head is your ring needs to be three months salary. That's something that I've heard kind of on again, off again throughout the years. And I will say, I don't believe that that pool is up to date. It's so unique. And there's so many options now with with lab-created diamonds where you may have a hard time even hitting three months. Or on the flip side, three months is a, a lot of money and you don't have that kind of fun. I mean, your your money is going towards other places to keep you alive and sheltered and fed. And so A, don't want to break the bank. I just don't think that that's a great rule of thumb anymore. And so I don't want people to think, oh, I've got to spend exactly that. Spend what is comfortable for you. 
keep in mind, you're going to have a wedding after that. So you want to make sure that your money's not all just going into the ring and all of a sudden, now you've got to get more money to go into the wedding. So I would be, you know, come in with a, a budget in mind that just feels comfortable for you and your relationship. And we can try to work in that budget. The other one, as you mentioned, is asking her father for permission. Again, I, I'm with you. It's, it's kind of old fashioned. I'm sure it comes from a point in time where we don't really think that way anymore in terms of thinking of women as like a dowry or property. And so I don't think that that is something that you feel like you have to do. It's something that everyone does. They certainly don't. But I do think it is still one of those traditions that's, I don't think you're going to find a future father-in-law who is upset that you're making the effort to ask. And it doesn't have to be just her father. It can be, you know, whoever her guardian is, her mom, her whoever she's grown up with, her grandparents, whatever it may be, her brother. And so I think it's still a nice gesture, goodwill, and to let them know that this is coming down the pipeline. I have heard some stories where that question didn't go over so well. And those those people have had to figure out, well, I didn't really get the blessings from them. Am I going to continue this? Or what do I do now? So, But it is kind of nice to know that that person may not feel great about it so that you can prep yourself or prep your soon-to-be, say, you know, I didn't really have the blessings here, but I feel really strongly about it. And we can either go our own way or try to convince them or what have you. So I, I think it's a nice, respectful thing to do. I don't think that you should drive yourself crazy trying to do that if it's something that either you're uncomfortable with or they may be uncomfortable with. You know, at the end of the day, this is your love for this other person. And that's what matters. Obviously, you want the approval of the people that are closest to them, but you know, it's, it's your deal too. So. God, I wish we had the ability to play that song by magic, the rude song. I'm going to marry her anyway. (laughs) That just came to mind as you were saying that. No, that's, that's really good. Really good to think through. So great. Yeah. I appreciate all the information. It's great to hear other perspectives and it's great to have heard your own story. So in closing, any other like fun or cool stories you'd like to share about proposals that you've heard about or been involved with? Yeah, the recent one of scuba diving really sticks out in my mind. That's pretty, I hadn't heard that one before. You know, I've been in my circle of friends, a ton of engagements has ha- have happened in the last two years, of which the last two years have included COVID. And so people have gotten really creative in ways to kind of include everybody while also keeping their distance. Mine was on the roof of a building here in Denver, but I, I had a cousin actually of mine that he was on Zoom with everybody and she was out grocery shopping and he knew that she was coming home and so got everyone on Zoom, all the family, all the friends. And they were watching from Zoom with her completely unexpected, her coming in with a giant bag of groceries, him on one knee. She had no idea that other people were in the room. And so it was a really creative way to include everybody and have a a huge surprise for her and be able to include her family to be able to witness it. And so that was a neat one. But yeah, we've had people... I had a customer that got a puppy and there was a ring uh, on the collar of the puppy's neck. And so she got both a puppy and a ring at the exact same time. For my fiance, I think she might have an actual meltdown and might explode. So I don't... That would be a tough one for me because she wants both things so bad. 
I had a customer who did it at the stock show and they had a bunch of cattle they were showing and they did it during one of the uh, rodeo championships and it took her off guard. She came to sell their sheep and he's here proposing in the middle of the rodeo, this, the stock show. And so, you know, back to just what fits for you and what fits for her and, and making sure that it's, it's something that, again, you, you want that, that picture perfect hand over the mouth, you know, just shock. And so whether it's on top of a mountain or at the stock show, you know, it's a pretty meaningful moment in a couple's life. And whether you have a photographer there to record it or not, or just the story to share with your friends, there's really no right or wrong answer. So it's a great thing. And it's so much fun being a part of that story and and hearing how they're either going to do it or hearing how they did it after the fact. It's really fantastic. It's such a joy to be able to share those stories with customers. Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Lex. This hopefully has given our audience a lot to think about and help them get very excited about their hopefully upcoming proposal. So thank you very much. And we Absolutely. hope to have you on the show again. Yeah, I'd love to be here. And best of luck for anyone listening. I want to hear your stories. Thanks again, Lex. Thanks, Troy. 